Oh, well, thanks so much. Thanks for, uh, again, for joining us today. I, I, want, I want today to hopefully be a really pointed message to our hearts. I, I, man, I know how the enemy wants to work uh, to, to get us, man, we're thinking about we're so busy, we're there, but I, I want us to stop for just a minute and just lift our minds, lift our eyes, lift our perspective, lift our hearts, and really fill our, our minds and our hearts with gratitude. I mean, we're in the midst of a season where we celebrate the gift of a Savior. And I just want, I want to start today. This is probably one of my favorite passages to, to teach and preach on and to really to just to read and study my own personal life. It's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. It says, For unto us a child is born. Think about this. Unto each one of us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. There's so much richness in that. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And that that's really the gift that we're celebrating today. It's the, it's the message of hope. And we've been studying through Advent, this whole Advent season. Uh, and, and let me say it this way. I, I think Advent has been an invitation to peel back the layers of our desires and ask ourselves, what are the deepest longings of our heart? And there's a difference between the deepest longings of our heart and the strongest longings of our heart. Like one of my sermons, we're going to talk about this in, in our series as we're launching this next coming Sunday, just about the, the difference between our deepest longings and our strongest. Like, like my strongest longing may be, I want a cheeseburger, but my deepest longing is I want to be healthy. And so I have to fight off that strongest longing to pursue and hold on to my deeper or my deepest, deepest longing. And the truth is, for us to peel back the layers and to really take a look at our longings, it just takes courage to do that. Uh, it, it takes us being able to be honest and know that God loves us and that whatever we find there, we're still loved. God cherishes us, but he cares about, he loves us enough not to just leave us in that place. Psalm 61 verse 3 says this, Oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you, my soul thirst for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I, I love as David unpacks this psalm. Man, he's thirsty. He's, dry, he's in a dry and barren land. He's in a difficult spot. But he, what, he's, what he's realized is the difference between his strongest longing and his deepest desire, his deeper longings. His longing was for the Lord. And he, and he said, man, that's where I find my ultimate satisfaction. Let me just say it again, it takes courage to look deeply and honestly into our longings, but that's the practice of Advent. That, that's what we're doing, that's why we study this. Where's our hope? Where are we finding peace, our joy? This last week we talked about love, and then on Christmas as we talked about the Christ, you know, just all we talk about with Christ and the Christ candle and all that Christ has done for us. Let me just kind of design longings, because I don't know, I mean, I get around all the sweets, Shannon and I, this week, we spent, we spent some time making like these peanut butter, I don't know if you've ever done this, but, but those cookies, I don't know if they're cookies or candy, take cornflakes and make peanut butter, this stuff, and you fold them all in. I mean, I don't know about you, I could have eaten, you know, 4,000 of those. They are so good, but... 
but I have a, a, a bigger desire. Like we're, we're, we're busy. We have, we have longs. I'm craving around all this food, some of the best food, my, my mom's favorite dishes, my grandmother's day that we're making now. It, it just, as we think about cravings, as we think about longings, I, I want to look at what the definition is. Longings, the definition is a craving or an aching, a hunger, thirsts, desires, our wants, our aspirations. And if we're not careful, our longings, our desires can get off base. It's kind of like, I don't know if, if you open like one of your favorite gifts, like one of the favorite gifts that you open and, and the person that, that, that found out what you wanted, they went and they purchased or they ordered it, it came online, they wrapped it up and all that. What if you spent more time with the wrappings and the box than you did the actual gift? Like, like you're longing for the wrong thing. You're just enamored. Look at this paper. Look how well, and you got enamored with the wrong thing. Listen, God is wanting us through Advent and even through this season as we head towards January, as we start walking through and thinking through in this series we're starting called Seek First. Like, where are our desires? What are our deepest longings? And the truth is, if not, if we're not careful, we can fix our eyes on the things below instead of the things that are above. Like we, Jesus really says, man, you need to fix your eyes on the things that are eternal, the things that lift our minds, that lift our perspective. And, and they're probably in this season, I don't know about you, but I've been through days where I've just had to repent. Uh, I was talking to, uh, to my assistant, I was talking to Cameron, I was talking to other, uh, just about how, as I've looked at some families that are walking through sickness and they're in the hospital, as I've looked through my own family and the, uh, the, uh, the difficulty that my sister and, and has, has had in her health and all, I, I'm so inspired to go, man, I'm healthy. Like, what am I complaining about? What if I just looked up and I began to praise God and, I, and the longings of my heart were for the Lord and then for God to work through me to bless those who may not have all the privileges, even if it's just health privileges that I do. I've had to do some repentance from distraction, from my own divided heart. Um, Sin-filled lives will distract us from God's very best. And so the gospel is God drawing us as sinners back to himself and inviting us to experience the fullness of joy and peace in his presence. There's one other verse that I want to point us to. And that verse is this, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Now, Isaiah is already this, we read the prophecy that a coming Savior, listen to what Isaiah also says. He says that God will, you will guard him and keep him in perfect peace and constant peace whose mind is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. In other words, our peace, God will keep us in constant peace when our longings, deepest longings are for the Lord. When our desires are for his purposes. Listen, when we have, when our lives are filled with purpose, we don't, we don't, we don't have the same kind of frustrations because we know why we're struggling. We know why we're investing. We know what our deepest longing, that is to please and honor God and to live for the kingdom of heaven. 
And I think that's what Advent this year, I pray, has been peeling back the layers to say, what are the deepest longings of our heart? Um, and, and, and we talked about this. Isaac Watts wrote this famous Christmas hymn, and Carol says, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. I want to take just a few minutes and just kind of unpack a couple of ways that we could prepare. How do we make room? How do we make room for God in our hearts? The words, let every heart prepare him room, are obviously familiar, but have you really given them much thought? You know, if we receive the gift of salvation, we have Jesus in our hearts, but, but have you and I prepared room in our hearts for the coming in Christ, for, for, for the way that God wants to come in and through us in this life? Listen, God, we've had the gift of salvation. We have the gift of hope, the opportunity to be brokering that hope and joy and peace. How do we find, how do we live in that peace? Because some of us are forfeiting our peace. We're losing it. It's ours. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's part of our gift to Christ. How do we do that? We do that a couple ways. I just want to talk about number one is when we have pace without a purpose. We're, we're, we all run, I say all, oh, I mean, there's some that probably that could be lazy or that are just, you know, slack and they're, they're doing, but most of us, I mean, the, the, such a buzzword of our, of our day to me, how you do? Oh, busy, busy. Listen to me. Busyness is not what necessarily kills our inner life. It's not what robs our peace. It isn't necessarily what steals our peace. Peace is when we have this pace without a purpose. And when we have the right purpose, we have the kingdom of heaven for when God, when we've really fixed our eyes on him, he says he will keep us in perfect peace. Now, God calls us to diligence. God calls us to, to a life of good works. Let me just, let me give you that. In Titus chapter two, verse 11, it says this, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for a blessed hope and a glorious appearing of our great Father, a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Listen to me. God has called us not to just busy like tons and tons of stuff, but we are called to zealously pursue the good works of the kingdom. As a matter of fact, those the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, if we're not careful, we think waiting, mean, waiting means inactivity, but that's not the picture the scripture gives us. Really, waiting, those who wait upon the Lord, biblical waiting is trusting obedience. Like, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to be about what you've called me, and I'm waiting on you to do what I cannot do. God, God I know you are, you, you have empowered me to, to focus on and to whatever, to steward what I can control, but I'm waiting upon you. I'm depending upon you. I'm hoping in you 
that you and you alone can do your part. And God, so I, I just have peace about that. As I trustingly obey, God, I can cast all my burdens on you because I know you are going to and you are currently doing your part. Biblical waiting is anticipating. Like, like God's gonna bless our diligence here. Like I know what God's called me to. Waiting is believing that God's ways are life-giving ways. Like, I don't know about you, but, but when, when I am faithfully stewarding both my rest and my zealousness for good works, Lord, I just know that, that this life, that doing life God's way, it, it's life-giving to me. When I start my mornings and the first thing I do, I crawl into God's presence and I let his life-giving presence meet my needs for peace and joy and love and a sense of worth and value. Listen, like, like my life is energized by that. Look, in this new in this new year, as we start a new year, I think some of you need to hear that. I think some of you, I'm just so busy. So, it's not about busyness. It's about what are you spending your time on? Does it have meaning? Does it have purpose? And are you connecting your heart to the life-giving ways of God? Working hard doesn't burn you out. Working hard at something you don't believe in is what burns you out. Meaningless pace is what burns us out. But the pace of grace can be fast at times, but a corresponding slow at times. Like there's urgency and then there's peacefulness. But the pace of grace is one that follows after the pace of our Savior. There's times that, and the Bible's calling us all the, to diligence. I, I think too many times that we're, we're trying to do God's part, and so we're overdoing because we're, we're trying to do something that we don't have any power to pull off. And so what I want to do, we, 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 we forfeit our peace, listen to me, when we run at a frantic pace instead of a faithful pace. I think sometimes we're running when we should be still. Like, are you making enough time? Like, are you disciplining your time so that before your day, before you go out, before you, before you kind of breakfast, before you're running off to work, that you slow your pace to where you can experience God's grace first thing in the morning? Like, are you experiencing the life-giving ways of Jesus so that you can have the fuel to enter your day and to live out the purpose of God. We need to peel back the layers and say, God, what am I longing for? What's going on on the inside of me? Because purpose brings meaning and fulfillment to a healthy pace. Titus chapter two, verse 14, it says, we ought to be zealous for good works. And when we rest, when we're supposed to be resting, when we spend time in God's presence, he fills us with his peace, hope, and his life. Then we crawl up and out of that at a place where we're full and we are ready for what opportunities God has for us to be light and salt in that day. So I, I just want us to remember, I, I remember, let me just, let me get one, one other thought. I remember it was, it was, it ended up being some of the last weeks of my father's life. Shannon and I were, 
the kids were small. We were, we were early days of planting the church, probably the first two or three years or four years. And, uh, and I just remember thinking, you know, it was my dad's birthday. And I told Shannon, I was like, we need to drive to McKinney. It was an hour and 15 I mean, it's rush hour time. It was going to be a long drive. It's about an hour and 15 minutes, even during, you know, not peak hours. It's going to take us an hour and a half to get there and then go pick up dad and take them to dinner and then take them. It just was going to add a lot of extra driving, getting the kids ready and, and all the things that we would have gotten done that night. We weren't. We'd have to do them the next day. And, and I just looked and I told Shannon, I was like, I just really sense that the Lord is prompting us to go and take dad to dinner on his birthday. You know what? I think you're right. We called, called dad and Oh, he was so thrilled about it and so excited that we were coming. I get done with work that day. We get in the car. We drive all the way to McKinney. It took us about an hour and a half. Pick Dad up. We take him to one of his favorite restaurants, the Saltcrest Steakhouse. Bought him a huge steak, and he ate all of it. And that was kind of unique in that stage of his health and his life. We went home later that night. A couple of days after that, my dad ended up in the hospital then ended up going home, and it was eight days later that my dad went to be with the Lord. Uh, it, it took a lot of extra energy. It took a lot of extra time. With Listen to me. The meaning that that brought to my life, and I prayed to my father's life, like, do you think I have ever regretted adding that extra, adding that, that extra time, the extra energy, all the stuff we had to do, because, listen to me, it became the last meal my father ever ate away from the home or away from the hospital. See, there, there was purpose in it. And I think God is trying to restore our hearts to the meaning and the purpose that he has for our lives. I mean, this Advent season, have you yet peeled back the layers to just evaluate, to allow the Lord to shine his light on your heart, to see where the deepest longings are, to see where you're placing your hope, to see if your peace is rooted in the incredible love of Christ. I know that pace without purpose, we forfeit our peace, but pace with purpose it grows. We just enjoy. We, we can be zealous for good works and maintain this incredible inward sense of meaning and fulfillment. And, and I, want, I want us all to have that uh, this Christmas season, especially as we're heading into the new year. One last idea, and that is what we can forfeit our peace if we're not careful, not only with pace without a purpose, but problems without perspective. Now, this is huge. Because if we're not careful, what we're longing for is a problem-free life. And I'm thinking, number one, that would be a mistake simply because Jesus clearly told us we were going to have trouble. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, but be of great courage. Take, grab, take great courage. Take courage, for I have overcome the world. In other words... Our peace is not anchored in problem-free seasons and then hoping for just times where everything is going right and, 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 and hoping no bad things come. Listen, we live in a broken life. We live in a broken world. We live in a sin-filled, 
a, a, a society. We live in a, in, a, in, a, in a place where the culture is bent towards the things of the world. But in the midst of that, we can have peace if we have the right perspective. Number one, that God's going to work all these things together for good, even if they're not good things. Number two, that God uses James chapter one. God uses problems, trials, if we steward them wisely. Just like it's one, remember we talk about it's one of the kingdom currencies. We're going to talk about that more this year as, as the year unfolds. But our time, talent, our treasure, touch, our testimony, and our trials. Like, are we stewarding our trials with the perspective that God is growing me, God is allowing this and using it for me, but also that, that God can bring incredibly wonderful things out of what seems to be tragedy, difficult, or dark play. Listen, when we walk into circumstances, problems, struggles with the right perspective, we can say, hey, God's, God's given me the opportunity to shine the light of his grace, to display the peace of God in a very dark or very turmoiling kind of set of circumstances. People need to see that. People who don't have faith or people who are young in their faith, they don't know how to have, they don't know how to interact with problems if they don't have a model. And I'm telling you, we, we, we embrace this peace of God. The, 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 the Prince of Peace provides for us. When we have a pace with true purpose and when we have problems with a kingdom perspective, you gotta put kingdom lenses on. Let me ask you a question. What problems are you facing right now that with the right kingdom perspective would, would restore your peace and bring new energy so that you could be the light of the gospel in that circle? You could be a witness. What problems is God allowing or orchestrating for your good or for the good of the gospel's advance? Peace, listen to me, peace is not the absence of problems. It's recognizing the presence of Jesus in the midst of any problem. All of us have problems. All of us have problems. And problems are coming and they're going while others are coming and going while others are coming. So we're always gonna be dealing with problems. Peace is not the absence of problems. Listen to me. Those of you, some of you got the, well, as soon as we get past this problem, well, as soon as we get that, and, and, and as soon as this problem is ending, another problem is beginning, and, and you're wishing away your peace this Christmas. And as we head into a brand new year, stop wishing away problems and start looking up and thanking God with the perspective that God is with me and in me and for me in the problems, heading in, in the midst, coming out, or heading into the next one, we can have peace that is vibrant when we have a pace that understands our ultimate purpose and when we have a problem that we're facing with the right kind of perspective. Uh, let me just finish. How, how, do we, how do we peel back the layers and make sure that we make room? Let me just suggest a few things as we close. Number one, just by cleaning out our inner lives, by deliberately putting away the resentments and the distractions that clutter our hearts and our minds. And by giving a priority to forgiveness and reconciliation in this season where relationships are so highlighted. Like 
What forgiveness do you need to go extend? What, what forgiveness do you need to go request? What reconciliation? Relationships are the key to our lives, our witness, our walk with God. What if we made room for the glory of God in our lives by ridding our hearts of any and or all unforgiveness? I think we make room by rearranging our obligations to make sure there's room for prayer, reflection, especially in the midst of busyness. Like some of you are burning out, not because you're doing too much, it's because you're neglecting your private prayer time, that, that time where you prioritize intimacy with the Lord. And so you're running on an empty tank, and so it wouldn't matter what pace you're running at, you're, you're gonna run out because you're not fueling your soul. I think the third thing is just by decorating our hearts with thoughts and attitudes that are worthy to welcome a king. Like an attitude. We, several of us were talking about this just earlier. Like a, a championing attitude. An attitude that God is good. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad at it. I'm going to give God my very best. I'm going to bring my best to whatever God orchestrates into my life today. I'm going to bring my yes to which brings my best energies, my best attitude, my best positive. Like for the glory of God. I'm going to decorate my life and my heart with the attitude of Christ. I wonder how your life, I wonder what it would look like if we decorated our hearts with the attitude of Christ. One, one last thing, and that's decorating our hearts with this with this zealousness for good work, just saying, God, what are the works that you created me? Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it literally says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God foreordained that we should walk in them. Listen, work is not a curse. Work is our opportunity to display the character and the nature and the redemptive work of Christ. I want us to get to a place that peace so, is so pervasive in our hearts that it's a joy-filled privilege to get to serve the Lord with gladness. That we are abounding in the work of the Lord. That, that we find joy in getting to serve and run at whatever pace God calls upon us to run for his glory, for his kingdom's advance, because lost souls are hanging in the balance. There are those who've not yet heard the good news of great joy that's to be for all the people. I'm praying for you, Shannon and I are praying for you this Christmas, that your heart will be filled with peace, and that when we see you this next Sunday, you'll be ready to start this new year off with the heart of Christ. God bless you. Hope you have a wonderful the rest of your week, and we'll see you next Sunday.